Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to chapel. <laughs> if you don't know me, my name is Anna. I'm in the undergrad department. I'm a senior at CIU. Um, so today is a special chapel. We're going to have a panel. So if you guys want to go ahead and come up. Um, first, we have Dr. Jolene Erlocker. She's been our speaker for the week. She's the founder of Leaning Tomorrow. She studies generations, so we've been so excited to have her this week. We also have um, Dr. Michael Johnson. He's the Dean of Education. Um, and Dr. Amy Bois. She's the Dean of the School of Business. So we're just so excited to talk about our generation and their generations and how um, they've seen students of our generations um, lead and mission and the potential they see and avenues they see. So we're really excited about that today. So we've been talking about the unlikely. God calls unlikely people to do unlikely things. Um, and so if we're willing to say yes, um, I think that God could use, our generation could use us. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about the practicality of that. So I have a few questions prepared for y'all. So the first one, um, we've actually been talking a lot about this in one of my classes, History of God's Mission. Uh, we've been talking about missionaries in the past and how they've kind of paved the way for missions now. Um, so, how have you seen other generations um, pave the way, and how have you seen that in ways that are applicable to our generation now? So, um, as far as like paving the way for other generations to follow? Yes. So, I think that one, one thing that we've seen is, I mean, God, the missions movement and church has been thriving for hundreds of years, right? So we've seen people go and serve God and, you know, pioneer new things, take the word. Um, but I think what is, stands out to me now, someone just said this to me recently, a lot of the easy places to go have already been gone to. A lot of the things that um, we figured out have been accomplished, and what remains is some of the hardest tasks and some of the things that are going to need innovative approaches in a new era. So I think we can gain some um, encouragement and inspiration from people who have gone before who have pioneered in their day and done things that were innovative or unlikely in their time. But I would say to this generation, it is a new day. Things look different. And the places that we have yet to go where the gospel has not gone are some of the hardest places on earth. They're the most unlikely places to go. And the things that have yet to be accomplished even here in our culture, in our context, look very different than they did just 10 or 20 years ago. And they're going to require courage. They're going to require innovation, creativity, boldness. And those are some of the things I see in this generation that God has already placed there. And so I would say to you, um, take inspiration from the past but be willing to acknowledge God has called you for such a time as this and it is unique and we need new innovation we need new ideas we need new courage for such a time as this yeah thank you and thanks for inviting me to be on the panel today so um, one thing that I think we can learn from previous generations that we can apply uh, to um, our generation now is a, a long view 
So some of those missionaries and folks back then, when they set off to the mission field, um, it wasn't a round-trip plane ticket. It was getting on a boat or whatever it was, and, and they had a long view of their calling in ministry. And technology uh, has diced up our lives uh, in, in little bits, and um, that changes our perspective and uh, how we see our calling in ministry. And so um, when, when you see life in segments and short bits, it, it makes it more about the experience than about the investment. And when folks uh, in previous generations went to a calling, wherever that was, um, it was more about the investment they were making than the experience they were getting. And I think that um, in our generation, uh, that would so stand out in our culture here and around the world to have people that were really um, focused on making an investment rather than about getting an experience. I like talking about long-term investments. I was just talking about that in finance. So <clears throat> if you're in my finance class, we were just talking about this. Um, but yeah, so thanks for letting me be here as well. I often feel um, unlikely. I feel like I was thinking about it before coming up here. Like I feel um, like I'm unlikely to even be sitting here and doing this, you know? And so you just never know what God is going to do. And I think sometimes we do... Um, you know, we can just be guilty of making our own plans and then hoping God says yes, you know, and just really like asking God what it is that he wants to do in and through us um, in this world, in our community, in our friendships, in our relationships, and just being open to what God does and um, not limiting it to our preconceived notions, you know, of what we think is supposed to happen or um, or any of those things. So I think that's important to keep in mind. Um, and in terms of the other kind of the in support of what you said, but also the other side of that is I think it's important to learn from um, the wisdom of those around you and those who have gone before you and let their ceiling be your floor. And I've always firmly believed in that. You know, it's like um, we don't have to repeat the same mistakes that have been made because we can learn from those mistakes and then we can pick up from where they left off and continue to move um, move forward. And that's the goal. And so I think it's really important to 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 invest in people that have experience in areas that you're interested in and to learn from them. Sometimes we learn what not to do. Sometimes we learn what to do. Um, but then to take that and continue to move that forward through the things she talked about, innovation and creativity and things like that. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. Um, it just reminds me like God gives us mentors and God gives us the older generations in our churches to learn from. And so that's just really exciting. Um, so what are some unique things that you see in our generation and our students that you've either seen people use for ministry or you see an a big opportunity there that's specific to our students, our generation? Sure. So, I mean, I think one of the things I really appreciate about Gen Z, you know, college students and young adults today, is that we do have a generation today that is very open-minded open to uh, new things, open to understanding, different people, different backgrounds. Um, and in, when you think about just our global world that we live in today where we're so interconnected, we're seeing Gen Z being able to connect across cultures, across um, denominations, across organizational backgrounds in a really profound way. Um, 
this generation does not see the same barriers that I think older generations sometimes just saw based on how we were raised. And so I think this is one of the things God is really using this generation to bring unity, to bring collaboration, um, and to learn uh, from one another. And especially in like cross-cultural context or where there's a diversity of different types, we're seeing Gen Z really thrive and really be able to bring a valuable contribution. So that's one of the things um, that I really appreciate. Another thing I really love about this generation is that um, you're self-learners. Um, those of you who are younger have grown up learning things. Um, you, If you want to learn to play violin, you can look up how to play violin. You can teach, I mean, my kids are teaching themselves different languages using Duolingo. We have so many ac uh, avenues for learning, and this is a generation that is willing to self-learn, to teach themselves things that they need to know, and that's so valuable in whatever context you find yourself in to be able to learn the things that God needs you to be equipped in for that place to serve. So those are the two of the things that I really see God um, using in this generation. Okay. So a strength of your generation, um, Psalm 105. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. So the strength of your generation is that. God's faithfulness to you is your strength. And though God is faithful in every generation, so his faithfulness isn't unique but how he will be faithful to your generation um, is unique. And often we talk about um, how terrible the world is and how bad technology is for us and all of those things, when really we should celebrate that we know for certain that with all of that, God is gonna evidence his faithfulness to your generation. And so I think it's exciting uh, to see you and your generation and how God is gonna uniquely be faithful uh, to you as he always has. And that's your strength as you go out with whatever technologies you have, whatever skills you develop, wherever you go, your strength's gonna be that God is faithful to you. It's a hard question. Um, I think, I mean, there's a lot of amazing things, not to say that. Um, but I think that, um, I think that this generation challenges the status quo, and we see a lot of that happening culturally. Um, there's a lot of people are saying things, you know, I, the reality is people are looking for truth, you know, they're looking for truth. And I think the the strength of this community is that we know truth, you know, and that um, we know the ultimate source of truth. And and I think we we need to embrace some of the questioning and not be so afraid of it and push against it, but lean into it. And that's what you guys are so good at doing, because ultimately, if people are genuinely seeking truth, then it's going to lead them to the genuine source of truth. So we don't have to be afraid of those questions, you know. And um, and in, in fact, I would encourage people to actually do that, to lean in and to ask, but they have to they really have to be open to where truth takes them. Um, and if they are, then we know where that will end, you know? And so we can have confidence in that. And I think you guys are good at kind of shaking that up a little bit and asking those challenging questions and challenging the way kind of it's always been done or we've always thought or whatever. Um, but ultimately, it's still going to end up in the same place. If we can still push people towards truth, then we know where they'll land. That's good. That's really encouraging for me to hear. Um, being in this generation, a lot of times you hear the negative things about your, the new generation coming up or what's scary or whatever. So that's really encouraging to hear that. 
Um, but off of that, what are some weaknesses that you see in our students, in our generation, that we need to focus on overcoming, focus on um, just letting the Lord renew that? Um, what are some weaknesses that you guys see? I talked a lot about this. Well, we talked about this in one of the classes I was in this morning a little bit. But, um, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, Solomon says, you know, we, we have seen many of the same challenges or struggles, but they look different in different generations. So all of us have struggles, um, but they sometimes look different. And I think one of the challenges that we face today, all of us of all generations, is the fact that distractions are so near and so readily available. And so today we sometimes have a hard time spending time reflecting. We have a hard time spending time in silence. We have a hard time being present with the people who are right in front of us um, because distractions are so present. Distractions have always been here, but it looked different. And so what I see as a, as a challenge for all of us, but especially younger generation, that you literally have grown up with these distractions in your back pocket or under your pillow since you were young, is that we haven't developed the muscle or the discipline of being, being present with people, being present with God, even reflecting on our own thoughts and allowing God to speak to us. Um, and if we don't get those pieces down, we miss out on so many of the most valuable things in life that allow us to thrive in ministry, in relationships, in our careers. And so just that self-awareness of actually being able to sit in silence and reflect and journal and think about why am I having these emotions? What is the source of these feelings or attitudes or thoughts? So really that discipline um, of just practicing stillness, silence, reflection, being present with ourselves, with God, with others, um, really lays a foundation for so much um, critical thinking, problem solving, um, those things that really help us thrive in life. So I think that is a challenge we're really facing today, and we have to be very, very intentional in ways we didn't have to be in the past to manage those distractions in our lives and be disciplined in doing those basic practices that allow us to be successful. Yeah, what she said. So I, I'm basically going to say the same thing, uh, maybe in a little different way. I, I recently read a book called Digital Liturgies, and um, it talked about those things, um, but it, it said that distraction is a symptom of dislocation. And um, she was saying this same thing. Some of you are in this room, um, but you're not here because you have technology that can let you be somewhere else. And so a challenge for your generation is to be where you are, where God calls you to be, um, to be fully there. Because technology gives you the ability to be somewhere else. Um, I'll just read a quick quote from the book. Behind the life of distraction and discontentment is the life of dislocation, by which I mean a life in which deep belonging and rootedness feel like a disadvantage and scattered, shallow, omnipresence feels like power. Technology, uh, when we don't have it and we can't be everywhere checking in in all these different places, we feel like we're left out, we feel like um, we're weak, we're not as with it or whatever. Um, but um, what um, the world needs is for you to be fully present where God places you to impact the nations with the message of Christ. 
Um, and so uh, Philippians um, 4.8 um, emphasizes what she was saying, and that is whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Thinking is stillness and quietness and being all there. Ironically, while you're talking, I got a message on my watch. But anyway, so um, I was like, that's fitting. But I, I didn't read it for the record. It was for my husband. But um, we, uh, I think we are, and <clears throat> to your point, <clears throat> this has been true for generations. I think we're spongier. In fact, literally during worship, I had this image in my head of a sponge. I've never thought of it before. I think we're spongier than we'd like to admit, you know? So... It's very easy when we're soaking in things for those things to come in, you know? And that ties into the um, distraction because we're constantly soaked in these things, you know? I mean, it used to be when, when I was a kid, we did have iPods, but I wasn't cool enough to have one. So we still had um, CD players, you know? And if you didn't take your little CD player with your earphones and you were on a walk, you were just on a walk. I mean, can you imagine just being on a walk now? Like, it just doesn't happen anymore. We always have our phone in our pocket or our watch or our whatever, you know? And so it just very rarely are there moments where we're disconnected. It takes being very intentional to be disconnected. Usually, if it happens, it's accidental. <laughs> and there's a panic. Oh, no, I forgot my phone or whatever, you know? So um, I think that we are constantly, we, are, we have to recognize um, that sponginess. And so we have to be soaking in the right things. Because what we're soaking in is going to permeate us, you know? And I see it, and that's the thing, I've been working with students in ministry for 26 years, and I was thinking a lot about it over, um, like, kind of leading up to this. And I've seen the students who just are, in fact, one year I even, I did, I brought, um, I erased the names, but I, um, I was showing, I was on a retreat with students, and I showed... Um, some messages from students from previous retreats from like five or ten years ago that were like after after being you know on the mountaintop with God they were like I love Jesus and like, like all passionate and then I kind of shared where they were now and they had walked so far away from the Lord you know and so and I think it is because sometimes we are naive to our own sponginess you know we think we're a little more um, impenetrable than we are. And we have to recognize that the things that we're soaking in, so we have to be soaking in Jesus. We have to be soaking in Jesus. And even if you took a fully soaked sponge and you stick it in a bucket of garbage water, it's not going to soak that garbage in right away, but eventually it will start to mix. So you've got to constantly take it out, rinse it, and soak it again, you know? And so we have to constantly allow God to be rinsing and soaking us. And, and I think if we're not doing that, then we just have to be aware enough to realize that we are in danger of those outside things coming in. And it happens slow. That's the thing. It's not overnight, you know? This is a, it's a slow fade. And so at first we don't really notice that outside coming in, but then next thing we know, um, we're questioning things that we once knew were truth, you know? And we're questioning things that once we were so confident in and all of those things. And so I think, um, I think that's the danger. That openness maybe makes you even more spongy. So we have to be careful. That's good. Um... I loved during worship on Tuesday when James 1 was memorized and quoted like for us, over us, because I feel like that, 
I don't know, I don't want to say lost, but I, you just don't see that often. But you can tell that it was memorized, it was meditated on, and then it was given to us to meditate on. And we weren't singing, we weren't talking, we were just listening to quoted scripture, and that's really special. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. Um, so I find myself struggling with this sometimes, is like, I feel like I'm in college, I'm getting equipped in so many different ways and getting fed into so much that I feel like I'm not like actively being on mission, actively serving because I'm just getting like full so much. Um, so what are practical ways as a student that we can serve and recognize our school, our churches as mission fields before we go out into the world? What are practical ways we can do that? What I think is so neat about the time that we live in today is because so many basic things are getting overlooked in the distraction of life, that the simple things are sometimes the most powerful things. I do a lot of ministry. I travel all over the country. The most important ministry I do every single week is looking in my daughter's eyes and looking in the eyes of the young girls that I coach, looking in the eyes of the young people who walk through the doors of church on Sunday morning when I'm in children's ministry, looking them in the eyes and seeing them letting them know that they belong. They belong. That is the most important thing I do. I believe in all the ministry that I do is actually look people in the eyes and let them know you belong. You belong here. I love you. I care about you. I'm here. And so the beautiful thing is that so many of the basic things that are important are getting lost in the distraction of the world right now, and the distraction and busyness. And so the really basic things, being present with people, acknowledging people, praying for people. And we now have these tools like texting and video chatting that allow us to connect with people. So just being so intentional with who is it right in front of you, what, where are you at right now, location-wise? Where are you at? What opportunities has God given you right around you because those disciplines, as you develop being present, being intentional, being prayerful with the people who are right in front of you or who are connected to you right now, those are the same skills you're going to carry into the workplace, into ministry, into your future family and communities. So just building that intentionality right now is so powerful, and it is the most powerful ministry that there is. Just literally being present where you are and doing what God is asking you to do right there with who's in front of you. So. And Anna, you stole my answer to this one a little bit. Uh, on Tuesday, Bryce Thompson stood up and I think gave us the answer to the question of um, how do we have an impact in college and beyond. And uh, he memorized scripture. And, um, you know, I wish I could um, adequately, I could sit here and try to explain the astounding ways memorizing scripture will change your life and change your impact. Um, but I think all I can do is beg you to try it. Because if you do it, then you'll, you'll experience the astounding ways that memorizing a passage of scripture can change you in a way that it can't uh, just by reading it quickly or sitting in a class. And so um, I beg you to try it. Get with a group of friends and plan to memorize Psalm 90 or Romans 8 or Colossians 1 or pick whatever chapter um, and memorize it. Uh, James. Um, 
and memorize it together with friends and just experience what it's like to walk around and have your mind just soaking in an individual word that you've read a hundred times, but you've just never marinated in it, or a phrase. Um, you'll be driving or whatever, and you'll realize an application in your life uh, in a way that you never could before. So um, I think that's the way to have impact now. And then when you get to wherever God calls you in terms of ministry and calling, that will just bubble out of you into the lives of the people you're around when you look them in the face. Um, so please, pick, pick a chapter, uh, get a group of friends, memorize it. Tell me what you're memorizing. I'll try to do it with you. Um, it's, it's a great thing to do um, with people and do over, uh, over a, a set time. Yeah, mine's probably an unpopular opinion, but I think that we have to stop making the excuse in our lives that we don't have time. You have to make time. You know, so if we said right now, go memorize James 1, I'm sure everybody in here is like, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> Who in here just has loads of free time? Like you're just sitting around not doing anything all day. Nobody. It's not a thing. It doesn't happen. And part of it is because we stay so busy with the distractions. And so much of our life is invested in things that have zero value. They have no eternal value. And I'm guilty of this myself. My husband and I have been talking about this. You know, um, There's no value in scrolling through social media. There's no value in getting lost in a game online. There's no value in these things. You know, So, I mean, maybe there are moments you can redeem from that where you get an engage in a conversation or make a connection through social media. I'm not saying that there's... It's completely void, but generally a lot of what we do, a lot of where our time is spent doesn't have value. And so I think that if we can be realistic that we do have the time, it's about the choices we make. Because very few of us don't have time because we're busy with things that like all have value. We, we have plenty of places where there are things that are just a waste. And I'm not saying you can never unwind. I'm not saying you can never binge a Netflix show. But if we're binging a Netflix show every week or every weekend, then we have the time. And that's the number one thing I hear. I still have the time. I'm like, you probably do. It's the same thing I teach finance. I don't have the finances. You probably do. You know, um, you have the time. We just have to make different choices with the time that we have. And that's hard to do. So we have to be willing to do the hard thing. That's good. Thank you, guys. Um, we're going to transition into the last question. So do you guys have a specific story of a recent grad, fairly recent grad, um, who is doing great things for God's kingdom creatively or within your own fields? Um, we got to hear from Shelby on Tuesday, who's scuba diving for missions, which is so cool. Um, so do you have like cool, unique stories like that or just one that has impacted you personally? I think this, the young people in my life that impact me the most are the ones who are making the hard decisions that you're talking about. And you guys are out there. You're sitting in this room. You're the ones who are saying, you know what? I'm taking social media off my phone for the next month because I just need to spend time with God. Or I'm not going to watch football for the next month because I need to, I need to make time in my, in my life. I, I'm going to go intentionally and talk to someone, right, instead of texting them. Like, I see young people in my life who are making the unlikely choices to do the thing that truly, truly is hard 
And I get so encouraged because those are the young people who in 20, 30, 40 years are going to be thriving in ministry because they're willing to make the hard decisions to do the things that allow them to have time, focus, energy, relationships to thrive now, but not just now. For the next, have the long view, the next 20, 30, 40 years. And I hear people say all the time, young people today aren't willing to make those hard choices. That's not true. I meet them all over this country. They're making unlikely choices. So to those of you in this room who are making the unlikely choices to do the hard thing that other people laugh about, other people think are ridiculous, other people think are unlikely, I just encourage you, God sees it. God is going to reward you when you make blessable choices. God blesses you. So you encourage me because I've met many of you, I've talked to many of you, and I just appreciate you. I'm praying for you. We're praying for you because God is going to use you, the unlikely few, to do amazing and great things for his kingdom. This question, I was so excited when I saw it, but it's really hard because I could spend all day bragging about our students. We have such incredible students doing amazing things, and I was just trying to think, like, how do you even pick one, you know, because there's so many. So we have Kyle Jones, who is a former student body president here, and he's um, you know, has this incredible photography business that he started while he was at CIU, and he really wants to honor God through what he does, and um, he works with real estate agents, so it gets him into a lot of different places and in front of a lot of different people that don't know the Lord, and um, Christina Hazelden is serving as a social media manager for uh, Dignity Coconuts, which is um, a coconut oil company that's committed to um, giving people in trafficking opportunities to get out, and um, Elizabeth Kenny was just here. She just did her first book signing. She just wrote her first book, which is really good for the record. Um, and we just have so many students. We have uh, Nathan Kyles, who's a camp director. Luke um, Luke Harris, who's doing Thrive and Financial, and he helps people get their finances in order, which I think is really important too. You know, so I, there's just too many. There's so many students that are out there, and and I love. That's why I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased towards the business. All of the programs here to have this opportunity, but I love how it gets people into places where there is often a lot of spiritual darkness, you know, and it allows them to have conversations with people who would never maybe step foot in a church or have a conversation with a pastor, but it opens doors for them to be able to engage in those conversations and point people to the source of the light that they see in their lives. That's awesome, and that's so cool to hear. Um, Thank you guys so much for your encouragement and for your wisdom and for your challenges. Um, This has been a blessing for me, so I'm excited to see how um, people will respond to this, so thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna invite Dr. KL up here to close us out in prayer, and yeah, thank you for your participation. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.